0: The Heather McCoy Show. Welcome back to the Heather McCoy Show. Joining us on the line is a musician behind the last song you just heard. His name is Marco Bervenento and his latest album is Tiger Face and he'll be in town Thursday night the thirty first at the Mint in Los Angeles. Welcome to the show, Marco. Hello. Um, so, to the casual listener, the song we just played sounds like a standard piano rock piece. Having not seen you play live yet, uh, and I've just seen the pictures of um, you playing the piano, um, what are some of the electronics that you use to create the sound, and how hard is it to play both the assortment of effects pedals and the piano?
1: Um, well, I, I amplify the piano with guitar pickups, basically,
0: Uh-huh.
1: or... Um, like they're they're called transducer pickups. They're just like little metal plates, kind of. And um, so I stick a handful of those on the back of the piano, which gives me a quarter inch out on the piano. And I'll run those effects. Um, I'll run the trans uh, run those pickups into effects, and then the effects into amps. So I can basically set up like right next to a drummer and be as loud as him or, or louder. Oh and, wow. Uh, you know we I can get that sort of um you know delayed or echoed piano sound as well as a distorted piano sound um it's pretty you know it's pretty simple I can just fly uh from the east coast here where I live to the west coast with a, a box of toys and stuff <laughs> and um you know sort of hot rods the piano when i when I get there for every show and um you know we could pull it off like that um and it's been really fun. It's uh, you know, it's like a, our music's a blend of you know instrumental um, rock um, and just some you know just some almost like dance, pretty dancy uh, upbeat kind of tunes. Yeah, that are, that are also instrumental. But, yeah, um, you know, it's uh, it's like uh, it's it's more of a upbeat rock show than a jazz show, even though the instrumentation is like. Uh, you know, piano, bass, and drums, uh, there's a lot of gear that's sort of surrounding us to fill in the, the, the spaces.
0: Yeah, it is it is pretty remarkable about your music that it's hard to describe to people who have never heard it. Um, it's definitely not classical, and it's definitely not jazz. And then with my old vocabulary, the only way I can describe it is it's like a cross between sparks and like post-rock. But I know that's kind of off, too. How do you describe your own sound?
1: Um, I, I just like to say that it's instrumental um piano rock music. <laughs> okay. Um <laughs> uh but it is difficult, you're right. I mean, you know, we do cover a lot of genres in the night, you know, it's it's not uh if you were to scroll through the 2-hour set and and listen to it, there's there's a lot of different um kinds of songs in there even though they're generally in that same sort of instrumental piano rock category. But the instrumental piano rock category is pretty Uh, untapped, I would say. I I can't think of many bands that are set up like that, so uh, it's really fun to try to um, write more music for this sort of configuration.
0: Yeah, uh, when you play touring dates, does your set list lean heavily towards new songs that are going to appear on a forthcoming album, or is it a chance for fans to experience your songs um, live from your last recording?
1: Uh, For for this particular tour, it's uh, it's a lot of songs that um, have already been released. Um, so it's a lot of songs from Tiger Face and the record that I put out before, uh, Between the Needles and Nightfall, and the and the, even the two records before that. Oh, okay, so it's kind of a you know it's kind of a mix of all the records.
0: Okay, so um, so w- one of the things is, do you, so do you play a different piano every night since it's such a heavy piece of equipment to move?
1: Yeah, when we do uh, when we fly in to do West Coast tours, we have to um, basically rent pianos every night or play clubs that have pianos in them. Um, but when we tour on the East Coast, because uh, that's where we're from, uh, I have this little portable. If you could believe it or not, if you could believe it, I have this little portable sixty-one note upright piano um, that's acoustic, uh-huh. a little acoustic um, piano. Um, they made these small pianos back in, like, the 20s and 30s. Uh, they made them small for, like, train cars and bars and stuff. Oh, okay. And they're hard to find, but if you find them, they're relatively inexpensive. And um, so I have this kind of mini piano that already has, like, pickups in it and is already hot-rotted, basically, so I could just lift <laughs> it up into my van with just one other person, and uh, we can go on tour with our own piano, which is kind of nice because then you don't have to play uh, maybe – you know, some rooms that have pianos are more jazz rooms, and and we we like to play more rock rooms because we like you a standing room, dancing room, uh, uh, instead of like, a sit down crowd. So it's nice to be able to bring your own rig and do it your, that way. But when we play um, when we fly out west, yeah, we basically have to um, rent pianos or just play clubs that have pianos, and I'll just kind of move the gear from show to show.
0: Yeah. Do you have have Do you collect pianos, or how many do you have in your collection? If so,
1: oh goodness. Well, I have. A, <laughs> I do collect pianos, so I do have a lot. And I've been especially collecting the smaller pianos because they're pretty hard to find. So I always grab them whenever I can. I have about five or six small pianos, and you know two or no, know three, you know normal sized pianos, and then a handful of. Uh, keyboards, a uh, tack piano, and a bunch of a uh, Wurlitzer, and an octagon, and a Hammond organ, and a clavinet, and all sorts of stuff. Guitar amps and drums, and I got a little studio in my place, so I like, I got a lot of stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Being a solo artist, uh, how many musicians do you usually tour with on the West Coast?
1: I tour with two other musicians. I tour with a bass player and a drummer. Oh, okay. And myself, and then we bring out our sound guy and our lighting guy.
0: Oh, okay. You were based in Brooklyn. How often do you come out to the West Coast?
1: I'm out there at least three times a year. Oh, okay. Um, and I just played at the um, at the Warfield in um, San Francisco. We recreated the last waltz um, with a handful of musicians. Uh, Nels Klein was a special guest on that gig. Oh, that would've um, been cool. Some guys from Gomez and the Fruit Bats <laughs> and a uh, lot of other folks on that gig. Actually, the bass player that, that I'm touring with uh, was on that gig. His name is Dave Drywitz. He's a bass player in Wien. And uh, Joe Russo is a drummer uh, on that gig, and he's a ba- uh, the drummer in Further. And um, So yeah, there was a handful of New York musicians and West Coast musicians. But I, I come out there often Um uh we, we play the mint um frequently oh, Okay. in LA. I also uh like to come out there to record. Tiger face, the majority of Tiger Face the new record was recorded out in LA at East West where um Pet Sounds was recorded by the uh-huh. Beach Boys. Um so that was amazing. And uh this great engineer lives out there, his name is Tom Biller, who um helped us with that record.
0: Is the recording studio much like the way uh, Brian Wilson saw it when he recorded Pet Sounds, or has, has it been modernized at all? Or?
1: I'm sure it's been modernized. Uh, I, I don't really know exactly what it looked like or what was in there when he was in it. But, oh, okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's... Maybe not, though. Who knows? You know? I mean, a lot of that old gear is really the, the, the best anyway. Maybe it was there from the beginning, and they just maintained it. So nicely that it looks new.
0: <laughs> yeah. Since you're recording, is there a new album coming out soon? And w- w- what are usually the time periods between new albums?
1: Um, maybe about two years or about, you know, a year and a half, maybe longer um, between records. I'm working on a new, uh, I'm working on on some new songs right now, but I don't, I mean, Tiger Face just came out. We're still touring around the records. So I don't, I don't think a new record will come out maybe until another year and
0: a half or so. Yeah. Just for people listening at home, Tiger Face is his newest album, and um, it's one of my favorites from 2012. um, It's one of those things where I couldn't put it down for most of the year. So if you um, have a chance to listen to it, it's a really, really outstanding album. Um, For your albums, is there an all-encompassing idea to the album as a whole, or is it just songs written in a a particular time period?
1: It's basically songs written in a particular time period. yeah i uh i don't really have a like a theme uh that's kind of running throughout a record which is maybe something that I might get into for the new record just uh try to have some sort of record that's almost like you know each song sounds like it's on that record versus um you know kind of a category of of sounds and songs um which i don't mind i mean i our our show like i mentioned before is very all over the place, and we have different styles, uh, you know, that we're covering, you know, maybe, like, maybe, like, some upbeat dance numbers, and more of, like, a, maybe a pensive, melodic kind of rock song or something, but, um, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty, like, song-to-song focus. Yeah. But, um, like I mentioned, it might be nice to get into something, like, thematic and put out, like, uh, maybe my next record will have that sort of element of almost, like, an overall theme. Uh, throughout the whole record
0: yeah before going solo you had played in bands what's the biggest difference in the creative process as a solo artist as opposed to being part of a band
1: well um i guess there's a lot of similarities where there's always that moment where it's just you kind of coming up with an idea in your own place uh whether that be in your studio or on the airplane, on the, on the way to the gig, there's always the moment where you're kind of writing an idea yourself. Um, um, the difference between doing it yourself and then collaborating with a band is that eventually if you do it with a band, you eventually play your idea for people, the other guys in the band and maybe they have ideas of how the song should go. And you kind of all work together to, co- um, kind of agree upon a place where the song should go. And, um, you know, sometimes that could be great, uh, and sometimes that can be slightly like uh, infringing on, on what you think you're gonna get at. <laughs> but um, you know, in the end, everybody bends and uh, um, and kind of you know you make something that's great. Um, so then, the other side of it is if you just do it all yourself, you're just you're you don't have anybody to bounce it off of. Um, sometimes it might take longer, um, but sometimes uh it might wind up kind of exactly how you wanted it to go without anybody um you know kind of steering the song in another direction that me you might not want it to go. But, you know, I think all in all it's uh it's great to collaborate with folks and um to play your ideas for other people and see what they have to say. So you're not just your own judge. It's it's kinda of, it's actually kinda of hard to right, to do it all yourself. Um, but, um, but it's really rewarding. Uh, both ways are. Yeah. So, um, anyway.
0: What got you interested in playing piano to start with?
1: <laughs> um, I just took piano lessons as a kid, you know, and, uh, you know, classic lessons. I took them with my brother, and, you know, I I kind of liked them and just wound up doing it a little longer. Uh, but some, somewhere along the line, when I was, like, 12, um. I heard like synthesizers and drum machines. Uh, I heard about the Moog synthesizer and um, I just got really into um, that sort of thing. And I got, I had like a, when I was little basically, when I was in like elementary school or um, even, yeah, at seventh and eighth grade, um, I got a four track recorder and like um, a Casio keyboard and like a, an older chord. Keyboard, a cord Poly Six, and uh, which is kind of like, uh, an older cord from the late 70s. So it's a kind of analog. It's not kind of analog. It's definitely analog. So I liked um, putting the headphones on and um, recording in my room and just messing around with sound. I think that was, you know, that's kind of when I look back on it. It's kind of like what I'm doing now, but just in a bigger, um, you know, almost more more uh, professional version of it you know yeah um, but uh, but yeah I, I got really into jazz at Berkeley College of Music um, and I stayed there for four years and really and really worked worked hard at getting to be a better player uh, and even moved to New York City went to all the jam sessions and tried to uh, start a jazz trio but um, my, the roots of rock slowly started to come out uh, started to come back out I should say for me Um in, like, 2000, and, uh, you know, kind of realized that I was going to do something different than just, say, jazz. Um, So now it's just kind of evolved into this modern, you know, rock thing. I don't even know how to describe it. Yeah, I
0: don't either. Uh, Your sound is so unique that, um, what type of music did you listen to as a kid?
1: I mean, I listened to a lot of the classic stuff. You know, I love Zeppelin, and uh, I love the Beatles, and... Um, but I liked uh, I got into The Meters, this record called Look a Pie Pie, I got into the Hammond Oregon a lot and um, uh, I really liked um, this kind of quirky band off of Sub Pop the label Sub Pop they're, yeah. called, Combustible, they're called Combustible Edison
0: oh I remember that and
1: I think they were out of Boston but um, I liked I liked the sort of sound thing that they had—the weird organ sounds and the tremolo guitar and the really loungy kind of sound about them. Um, you know, but then I also liked the the heavy stuff, the rock stuff, um, uh, and then of course the jazz stuff. I, I got really into you know Miles Davis and uh, and more modern jazz. I like Brad Meldow quite a bit, the the um, jazz pianist, and even actually took a lesson with him at his house in 2002, but, um, <clears throat> yeah, I listen to all sorts of stuff. Uh, I, I, I definitely I definitely liked um, all, all sorts of different styles, even classical music.
0: Yeah. Uh, you recently started your own label, The Royal Potato Family. How did you come up with the name for the label and what was the inspiration behind starting it?
1: Well, the name came from a joke that Bob Dylan told our drummer, Matt Chamberlain, Uh, At the time, Matt was doing a lot of touring with us. Um, And Matt lives out in L.A. now, as a matter of fact. Um, I wonder if he's around. I don't think he's going to be around for our show. But um, um, the joke is, uh, um, let's see, Matt Chamberlain was touring with Bob Dylan, and Matt was opening up for uh, Bob with um, Edie Brickell. And they were playing bigger rooms and um and when you play those bigger rooms and you're on tour, uh, most of the times you have like a catered meal, you know, like catered yeah. dinner. And everybody kinda um you know, eats together in a way, you know, on and off. People show up and they um they eat dinner. So Bob was really private, always had a hoodie on, put his hood on. But one time Bob sat next to Matt uh, for dinner, and still had his hood on, and was eating, and he he took off his hood, and he turned to Matt, and he said, "Do you want to hear a joke?" <laughs> and Matt was like, "Oh my God, yeah, hi, hi, Mr. Dylan." And um, so Bob said, "All right, I, before I start tell you this joke, I should tell you this is a terrible joke, but I'll tell it to you anyway." Um, he said, "There is." The royal potato family, the king potato, the queen potato, and the princess potato. And the princess potato was looking to get married. So she goes out to try to find a man, a suitable man to get married to. And she comes home, and she shows the king, the first man, and the king did not approve. And she went out on another date with another guy. She came home. She really loved him, but the king still did not approve. And then she came home with the third man, and the third man was Dan Rather. And the king, says, <laughs> king said, you can't marry him. He's just a commentator. That's so, awesome. You're terrible. But, yeah. you know, he told me that joke uh, uh, on a ride down the Telluride. We were driving from Denver to Telluride, and I don't know if anybody, if you know that drive, but it's a six-and-a-half-hour drive or something like that, and it's over all these passes, and it's a long, a long drive. And, and when you're driving and your friends beat up Volvo, it uh, makes it even worse. So uh, we were kind of losing our minds uh, on this long drive, and Matt told this joke, and I just we all just started cracking <laughs> cracking up. It was really funny. And uh, I thought, oh, the Royal Potato Family, that could be. You. I actually thought about calling my band that or my record that, but then in the end, I wound up just calling the entire label, the Royal Potato Family. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I just have a lot of my, you know, it's been going on for the last four or five years. And it's a lot of uh, a lot of great bands. A lot of my friends' bands. Um, Mike Dillon and Sam Cohen uh, has a band called Yellowbirds. They're on our label. And Superhuman Happiness is on our label. Um, and uh, Jacob French has Um Garage Atoile. uh So a lot of uh, a lot of bands that I that I know, that have a lot of my friends in them. But uh, we also have a lot of bands on or label that I don't even know. Um, but my manager does a lot of the day-to-day stuff
0: with it. Oh, okay. Well, um, thank you for joining us, and uh, hopefully when the, if the tour schedule works out better, we have a piano here at KUCI, and we'd love to have you live sometime. Okay, I'd
1: love to do that.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Marco Beverneto, it will be playing at um, The Mint on Thursday night, the 31st, in Los Angeles. And so um, I'm not sure, is that a Ticketmaster venue or... Is it how? Or did he oh, just show man. up at the door? I have no idea. Yeah, I'm but anyways, I'm sure it is, sure yeah. It is, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, just, um, and then his website, if you just type in his name, it will appear as well. Thank you for joining us on KCI today. All right, thanks
1: for having me. Okay,
0: this is the head of Show.